1: Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My roach and I listen to
0: the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another edition, another episode of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. I'm on half the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, Mashal Saint Patrick, and with me as ever is my partner in crime, Santoki Nagulendran. Santoki, how you doing?
1: Yes, Mash. We're seven days into the new year, 2024, and we've already had to drop episode four of West Indies cricket, the Netflix drama. Now, no sooner had Mashal put his wish list for 2024. We're out here looking at the latest drama going on within uh, cricket West Indies, and I think match. This is an interesting one because a lot of our previous Netflix dramas or episodes about the latest ongoings of West Indies cricket are about the players and kind of what's happening there. Whereas this episode is talking is looking at cricket West Indies and the organisational changes they announced on the third of January that they are making. And in some ways, this is obviously more, this is more important. You would say because this is kind of. Behind the scenes, this is how the organisation runs and is more of a long-term sort of strategic move that they've decided to make. So the press release, I'm just going to get into it straight away, Mash. So it came on the 3rd of January. Cricket West Indies has confirmed several organisational changes at the start of a significant year that will see the launch of a new four-year strategic plan, 2024 to 2027, and the hosting of the ICC Men's T20 World Cup. In June. So, part of these organizational, Michelle, mash- just to sort of summarize, six members of staff by my account have um, had their contracts expired or moved on from the organization. So, just listing it there, we've got um, the commercial marketing and communications director, Dominic Warne, Philip Spooner, the media and public relations manager. Um, Chris Brabazon, who's someone who's come on the Podmash, you had a really good conversation with him uh, during the lockdown, the sort of coaching education person. It's important to stress with him as well. It's not a contractual situation. He's got a job back in his homeland of Australia, so it's slightly different. And most importantly, probably what we're going to focus on most in this episode, Masha, three selectors have had their contracts expired, not renewed, so they will no longer be working for Cricket West Indies as selectors. Those three selectors are Roland Butcher, who was serving as the senior men's assistant selector, Travis Dowling, who was working on the women's selection panel, and Robert Haynes, who was the under-19 talent ID manager slash selector. So a lot of big changes there, Mash. Firstly, analyzing this as an overall move how, how do you sort
0: of view this yeah it's an interesting one for sure and I think the first thing that kind of came to mind when I read it was whoa that's a lot of changes right but then and this hasn't what I'm about to say hasn't been confirmed by Cricket West Indies and to be fair we haven't reached out to the relevant stakeholders in Cricket West Indies to get confirmation on, on my theory here but I wonder if this is just part and parcel of what happens in a lot of businesses, key performance indicators, you have an appraisal, you have a contract. And if it's deemed that, you know what, we're going to move on, then your contract is effectively terminated, and you move on. That's what tends to happen in the private sector, right? And um, we just had in recent months, the the announcement as the renewals of players' contracts, which we knew were coming in October. It was announced like a few weeks after what we what we thought was the deadline to announce them. So I just wonder if the kind of, in keeping with the players' contracts and the central contracts, there was also a kind of strategic general kind of, uh, sorry, what am I trying to say here? A, a strategic general overhaul and review of all aspects of Cricket West Indies. Um, and coming out of that is the announcement at the turn of the year. Well, you know what? There's some, there's some structural changes about to undergo. There's some personal changes that are about to go under, uh, to, to, to be undergone, sorry. And to be fair, Santoki, I wonder if the people involved were all informed of this a few months ago, and it's just that they've put this press release out now at the start of 2024. And then the final thing I would just say is when we met Kishore. And for anybody who's listened to this episode who hasn't as yet listened to our 100-day interview with Kishore Shallow, um, which happened this summer, uh, which is probably the most professional podcast episode we've ever done, face-to-face, filmed, etc. cetera. To be fair, Santolki, my takeaway after doing that episode with Kishore um, was that this is a single-minded individual, and this is a, uh, an individual who wants to professionalise the way Cricket West Indies is run, bring it up to speed with how it should be running in the modern era and again kind of if you look at how he's performed as president and we try to be objective about it, I think this is in keeping with his kind of mantra mindset which is that we have to be better in all facets of the operational structures of Cricket West Indies and that's not to say that any of the people who have been let go aren't good enough or anything like that but I think it speaks to ruthless decision making with a kind of focus on we believe that this is the way to better Cricket West Indies. Now that's nothing that's come to us. I don't want anyone to take away from that. Oh have you been told something? No. That's just my take and response to Santoki's questioning.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a great analysis and sort of summary of the situation. I think particularly in sports administration, we do see when a new president comes in, we do see these sort of changes because they want to make their mark. But as you said, MASH, we didn't get any secret information or or exclusives. But just sort of the vibe we got and sort of talking to um, Dr. Shallow in June, we just got the impression, obviously... I don't know if, if corporate's the right word, just to kind of increase and in, in making Cricket West Indies a more sort of corporate and efficient place um, in terms of the administration. And we've seen these changes in December come. Um, and also, I guess it's similar to what you see with a lot of teams in terms of when we look at cricket, we talk about cycles and bringing in new players. Mm. This is almost similar, mirrors that. They're talking about the new strategic cycle. The World Cup is massive for Cricket West Indies. So it's almost as if they're trying to freshen things up for this new four-year period. So, MASH we're going to just kind of break down sort of the changes. Should we start with the selectors? Cause I guess that's probably the most importantly linked to how the team performs in terms of selectors. So I guess firstly, it's only right. The headline will be um, Roland Butcher, obviously former England uh, batter. He was in the job for a year, just December, 2022. He was appointed December, 2023. He's out of the job. <sighs> If I'm honest, if I'm completely honest, Mash, I wouldn't be able to tell you what sort of I'm sure obviously he has input there's only two selectors along with the head coach, so he must have had input. But in terms of what we saw as fans and members of the media, um he wasn't very vocal, Mash, so it's hard to sort of know what his impact was and sort of what his kind of effect was as a selector um for the senior men's team.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one because even if you go back, the selectors or the key selectors prior to Roland would have been Roger Harper and Miles Bascom. Now, Miles Bascom, of course, is now director of cricket um, within Cricket West Indies, right? But I think back to Roger Harper's stint. And when there was a press conference, Roger Harper was the main person who spoke. Um, So it's hard in one sense to say, so what was Roland Butcher doing? Because I know that Miles Baskin was very involved in kind of the selection processes with 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 Roger Harper. So you have to assume that Roland Butcher was very um, involved vis a vis Desmond Haynes and selection. It's just that Desmond Haynes would be the one fronting up. What I would say though is as follows, and this is no, this isn't like any personal slight on Roland Butcher. This is what I would say with anybody in a job. If I'm appointed to a job, and one year later I'm told to jog on. I ain't done a good job. It's as simple as that. And that's not personal. That's nothing personal that I've got against Roland Butcher. That's what it's saying to the public. If you've been given a year, because Desmond Haynes Haynes ain't going anywhere, whether that's because they can't buy out his contract or whatever. The point is, it speaks to me um, of whatever the press release says it speaks to. We want to look in another direction. If he had been doing a job that was deemed good, they surely they wouldn't have let him go. And certainly, Santolki, they wouldn't be letting him go before a World Cup year if they were deeming him to be um, doing a good enough job, right? And it's worth pointing out, if I just read part of the press conference, we should also just point this part out. One of the components being assessed as part of the new cricket strategy is a selection system. Cricket West Indies will further explore the strengthening of this area, building on the established policy from the 2019 selection review. Miles Bascom, Director of Cricket at CWI, emphasized the importance of this review, stating, We are dedicated to refining our selection processes to better serve the needs of West Indies cricket. The ongoing evaluation and restructuring efforts are integral steps towards achieving this goal. Bascom elaborated that the review has resulted in some immediate changes in structure and personnel. The review has been planned to coincide with the end of the contracts of some selectors to enable a seamless transition. So, we're going to speak about the other people that have been moved on, but again, to me, Santolki, that's a lot of words used in that press release to basically say to me how we currently use selection and how our processes currently operate is not fit for purpose as a result. A couple of you men need to be jogged on. That's how I see it,
1: yeah, I think, as you said, Mash, as you rightly put, if you're in any line of work and you have a one and your contract doesn't get renewed after one year in a job, it's basically the clearest signal that you haven't been meeting your targets or you haven't been performing well in the job. So I guess they'll move on from Roland Butcher. it would be interesting to see if they change sort of the composition of selection panels going forward, how how they'll sort of do it, because it did seem strange um, to have Desmond Haynes and Roland Butcher. I think Desmond Haynes is 67 and Roland Butcher is 70 years old. It does seem like, obviously age can't count against anyone but when you're picking like modern t20 squads and we've seen i'm not sure if they that's possibly the most dynamic combination so we should we could see it break up into white ball selection panels uh test selection panels because don't get me wrong i'm sure desmond haynes and um, roland butcher as former players at the highest level they still have the eye for cricket but maybe it's more suited towards test cricket i just think maybe they could do um a format selection panel so we'll have a different selection panel for 50 overs and T20 and different one for Test cricket. So it'd be interesting to see how they go along. Those ones, obviously, the big question, Mash, is um, have you got your application ready, you know, for that selection vacancy? Listen,
0: listen, <laughs> I'm not even joking, you know. As soon as they say, as soon as I see that advert come up on LinkedIn about... <laughs> <laughs> about we're looking for uh we're we're ready to accept um applications for a vacancy in west india selection on god on god santogi i'm filling in the application form. Listen, on god i'm filling it in
1: listen if if i ever if, if you become selected you know and i ever hear you in a press conference saying well i owe banding king a phone call you know <laughs> i'll have to cut you out you know <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah as we said roland butcher moved on um they were on a local radio show in Barbados, um, the Mason and Guest show. It was suggested that it did come as a surprise to him. He got the letter informing him that his contract wasn't to be renewed on the 12th of December. So not a few weeks before it was, um, his contract was up. And apparently it was a surprise. So again, that indicates a lot in terms of his reaction, what he might have been expecting. Now, the next one, MASH, Travis Dowling, who was uh, assistant selector for the senior and youth team um, in the women's game. His contract is also not been uh, renewed. Sort of, in terms of the women's team, we haven't really heard much from them in the past few months since that A-team tour to Pakistan, not from the head coach or in terms of communication and everything that. So this is a bit harder to gauge, but what, what are your thoughts on that one?
0: Yeah, that one's, a, I'm with you, you know. So the actual lead selector in in women's cricket is um, Anne Brown-John. Yeah. So she is the actual lead selector so when i saw travis had been moved on that made me think because again it's i guess part of it santoki is what are the contracts for the lead selectors so there's some there's some discrepancy coming out of caribbean media at the moment. no one really knows when desmond haynes for example his contract is up i thought it was june some people are saying september some are saying march no one really knows right similarly we don't know when am brown johns um, contract is up, so is it a case of, in an ideal world, cricket want to overhaul everything, but you also have to bear in mind when people's contracts are running out, because it, if you get rid of an of a, it's like okay, so Santokh, let's let's use football as an example, right? How rare is it that you'd get rid of an assistant manager but keep the manager in post? Like, like do, do you know what I mean? So, I I wonder if part of this is all about the kind of. Um, practicalities of how deep an overhaul you can do so does it make sense that you just leave the lead selector in place but a wider overhaul is coming because I can't really explain the women's one otherwise unless it's speaking to a wider structural overhaul over uh, overhaul that's coming later
1: yeah this is this is the thing mash this is what I was initially confused about all right so let's take um, both panels and Brown Johnson and Travis Dowling, and you've got Desmond Haynes and um Roland Butcher. If they're picking the squads, if you're Roland Butcher and Desmond Haynes, you're picking the squads together, you're collaborating obviously with the head coach's input as well. But you two fundamentally are the guys putting together the squads. If you're saying Roland Butcher's not good, not doing well in the job, surely this is a reflection of Desmond Haynes' performance in the job. Surely the two go hand in hand because they're meant to work in sync. It's not as if. Roland Butcher's picking half the squad and Desmond Haynes is picking the other half. They're not separate entities. They're working together. So, as you said, Mash, is this just a case of it's inevitable that we'll see the lead selectors um, be moved on within the, ne- within the next few months and it's just their contracts, are, um, because they're lead selectors, they m- might have had longer contracts? Because otherwise, it just it just seems a bit strange that you're taking away the assistants, but not taking away the sort of lead selectors. Um, And what this sort of reflects um. Yeah, so so it's a it's a bit of a confusing one, and the final selector uh, is slightly different. Robert Haynes, he was under 19s uh, selector for the men's or boys game. He was his role was more of a talent ID manager, I think it's officially classed as. But again, man, similar to the Travis Dowling one, um, it's hard to know with that one because. With under 19s your your selection where you're where you're looking at players is not it's not as if you're looking at formal competitions, regional games. You're mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. more looking at school level competitions and sort of youth tournaments. So again, it's hard to know sort of the metric. Um, we don't know what talent is available at, an, at a junior level, so we can't say oh he's not picked the best talent or what is going on. So with Robert Haynes, I think it's slightly a, it's an unusual metric compared to the other selectors, and it's hard for us to sort of gauge where it could have gone wrong, or why he's been moved on. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds,
0: and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I think the other thing to, to bear in mind, so with the under-19s, they're I mean, the big assignment is like literally in two weeks, right? There's an under nineteen World Cup, so again, if you're doing an overhaul, maybe they've looked at it and been like, "Well, there's no other under nineteen engagement coming up. The the engagement is now. the The head coach for the under nineteens has the players already. So if we're doing a uh, uh, um, what do I want to say, a corporation wide overhaul with, within one department, your role is no longer needed." for this overhaul because the online team world cup is now going back to the points we were making about uh, butcher and Dowling again. I think you could maybe put the same point in for the men's and the women's right. Because Des is there for the men's it, and I, what I think might happen Santoki is it, it suggests to me that the head coaches are taking more of a responsibility with regards to selection as well. So for the men's, you'd expect that Andre Coley because ultimately Andre Coley works very closely with, Um, or has worked very closely with Academy, A-teams, etc. So you would expect him to have a significant say um, in selection for the Test side. Darren Sammy, obviously, White Ball, Revival, you'd expect him to have a significant say in um, because Dre Russ got back into the team. That surely wasn't down to Desi. That was down to uh, Darren Sammy, right? So you'd assume that Sammy has a big say in the makeup of the White Ball side. Similarly in the women's, They have an upcoming series, I think, in Pakistan. Because our talent pool in women's cricket isn't so huge, you would assume that, remember, we've got a new head coach in Shane Dietz. I never know how to say his um, surname. So him as an Australian who's coming as a new head coach, maybe he wants his imprint on it. And it's him working alongside Anne Brown, John, as the head selector. So it suggests to me it's a piecemeal approach to get to the final conclusion. And they're going to just kind of, give a bit more responsibilities to head coaches as they work their way to almost like the inevitable, which is an overhaul of the system and approaches in general.
1: Yeah, I think next year we'll see the overhaul. They might just be, because the press release made such an emphasis on the T20 World Cup and financially it's so important for cricket West Indies, they might just be waiting for that World Cup to take place, have everything done with that and then finally implement a full sort of restructure based on the reviews that they conducted this year. So expect this time next year, MASH. Probably the selection panels and sort of the makeup of the administration in terms of how they deal with selection could be completely different after a sort of a restructure. So we await to see how that goes. And we talked on, um, we talked briefly, MASH, on uh, Chris Brabazon. Obviously, he left the organisation to take up a role back in Australia. He was sort of the coaching, coaching educator, I think, would, would have been his sort of how how his job would be surmised you done an interview with him um, a few years ago how would you sort of what sort of legacy or impact would you say Babazon's had on on west indies and the development of coaches in the region
0: um what i would say is when i spoke to jimmy adams jimmy was um very very complimentary about chris and the role that chris has had people have to remember as well that when chris first started to have an impact in a uh, kind of coach development it was during lockdown so a lot yeah. of it was online it took about because chris's contract wasn't even supposed to go this long he was supposed to go back to australia about two years ago but i think one of the things that made him stay on or they, they convinced him to stay on was because he hadn't had the impact he ideally would have had he wanted to be traveling around the different islands doing workshops upskilling and there's only so much you can do online as we all found out during the pandemic that only so much like there's only so much realness you can have with with online learning right so it almost felt like when the pandemic ended or restrictions ended it felt like his job was starting again and i feel like the last two years or year and a half he's actually worked what his original contract was supposed to be in so much as go around the islands do this camp do that camp and ultimately the proof is in the is is in the stats over 1000 newly certified coaches in the region and you have to say that that's due to the structures that he has put in place. Far more people are upskilled. And one of the many things that we've always said in West Indies cricket is you can't just expect improvement at the top level if the grassroots, if there's no real improvement going on in the grassroots level. So I think he can leave this head held high. Um, the The question mark for me now is, who's going to continue the work. I think that's the bigger issue than, than than Chris deciding to go home and take up a new opportunity.
1: Yeah, I think that, that's very telling because it's such an important role and probably not a role greatly appreciated because it is sort of behind the scenes. It's not in the limelight, but sort of developing the coaches in the region. It'd be interesting to see if they go with someone based in who's from the region or if, again, they hire someone from overseas. So we we'll await to see that appointment. I think they put out they put out the job advert already, so we that appointment should be announced soon. And MASH, the final two uh, members of staff leaving after their contracts were not renewed, we have Dominic Warren, the Commercial Marketing and Communications Director, and Philip Spooner, the Media and Public Relations Manager. Now, it's important in, to emphasise in the press release, it did say, whilst both will be leaving their respective roles, they will continue to support cricket West Indies by working directly on the ICC Men's World Cup in June. Um, Particularly MASH, I think, Philip Spooner's probably been in the organisation for many years. I know he was a journalist for The Nation before, but he's—I can't tell you exactly how many years—but he's been someone who's been a long-standing part of Cricket West Indies. It's also important to know we don't know people's personal circumstances, whether they chosen to leave or whether it was sort of agreed by Cricket West Indies not to renew the contracts. But sort of in terms of Spooner and one, two people who had been at the organisation for quite a period in terms of the marketing and communications.
0: Yeah, and um, we've we've had personal dealings with both um, in in different capacities. I think I can't remember when, when Spoons um, first started at Cricket West Indies. I want to say I want to say at least seven years. It's probably more than that though, right? Uh, Dominic Warren first got the job in 2017 so he's definitely been there a while as well. And I think it's important what you just said there, Santoki. We don't know how much of it is also down to them saying well you know what actually it's time for me to to explore um new opportunities it's clearly not been a um what what what's the phrase here it's clear there's there's clearly not bad blood per se because if it was a if it was a if it if it was a bad blood um separation they wouldn't still be working on the world cup right it wouldn't be a case of crickestians well, going well you know what Dominic's going to just continue, is now going to do um, the commercial role for the World Cup, which, to be honest, Santolki, you could argue is bigger than working for Cricket West Indies on a day to day because of the commercial boom that they're projecting to come from the World Cup. I saw something earlier today about 400 million is what they're projecting, or 300 million is what they're projecting will will make its way into the region as a result of the World Cup. Right, so you can't we can't pretend like Dominic's doing a a, a minor little man job now. Having having had his contract or having finished up with his contract for Cricket West Indies, is a very, very big job. And I'm sure after that job, um, he will walk into any role he effectively wants within that field, having worked a World Cup, right? Similarly with Spoons... Um, if it was a case of them just saying, well, you know what, you're no good, they wouldn't ask him to then be the media lead for the World Cup. Like, like do, do, do you know what I mean? You wouldn't you wouldn't move the man into the into the World Cup immediately and go, yeah, but please do this job. Um, so it, it's clearly for me not as simplistic as saying, oh, you know, there's some bad blood there and whatever, whatever. But I think also just kind of bringing it back round to the first thing I said when we started um, the episode. It also, for me, just speaks to Kishore, Dr. Kishore Shallow, sorry,'s approach to running Cricket West Indies, which is that, as it should have been, as this organization should have been run from day dot, which is that it's, it's, it's not a friendship thing out here. If I believe that a change has to take place, then a change has to take place after a thorough overhaul and overview of 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 jobs and roles and practices and i reach a determination that yeah you know what this is now the best thing for the organization then so be it and what i would say some is more of that please more <laughs> more of that because my my big criticism of since certainly since we started this podcast my big criticism within um quick west indies and even before we started this podcast is you could argue that in Cricket West Indies, and the various different territories, in some senses, once you get a job, you've got a job for life. Do, do, do you know what I mean? And that kind of attitude and that kind of way of running a business, you can't run like that. Like you've got to you've got to have key performance indicators. And if you don't believe someone's up to the mark, I'm not saying that that's the case with uh, Dominic and um, uh, Philip. But I'm saying if you don't believe someone's up to the mark, then you you, you make the change.
1: Yeah I think it's it's probably speaks to a wider issue in terms of Caribbean sports because I know like in terms of football administration it's quite similar in terms of a lot of administrations that have previously been run as if it was still like the 80s or 90s but in the past 20 years in sports we've seen so much money influx come into sports you can't really operate like that anymore so I think this is the start of sort of Kishore Shallow moving cricket west indies more into the modern world and in terms of business being in terms of running it like a business in terms of If you're performing, you'll stay in the job, you'll do well. But we can't keep people based on the fact that they're good people, they're nice, they're nice friends that we have. We gotta for the sake of West Indies cricket, we need to develop it. And I think we're starting to see the signs of that. Um, and as I said, I I expect to see more changes, wholesale changes, in terms of restructuring the organization after the World Cup in June. So Mash, I think that's probably everything we wanted to touch on in this episode. As always, as we say on this podcast, we're not here just to look at senior men's performances on the field we look at the youth team the women's game the senior men's team administrative anything going on in the world of Caribbean cricket we're going to try our best to cover it on the show and analyze it um so thank you everyone for for your continued support long may it continue into 2024 and Mash I'll pass over the final words to you
0: yeah, do you know what? People get confused when we do these episodes. You know, when we do an episode where we're not bussing jokes, people get <laughs> mad, <laughs> people get mad confused because they don't realize that we can do these episodes if we want to. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what I will just say is this, so Toki, um, people, oh, yeah, I don't know if people can see it, but these, the brand new, the brand new merch for um, the Caribbean Cricket podcast ahead of the well, for those going to the World Cup, ahead of the World Cup, I know it's hot in the Caribbean but certainly ahead of the England tour as well. I don't know how well people can see this. Um, so we've got the brand-new sweatshirts. Um, Santoki gets one for free, and I get one for free, but the rest of you, you have to pay for them. But if you want one of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast sweatshirts, um, they're out now, brand-new. They've come to the headquarters. Um, if you're a patron, it'll cost you £23. Um, if you're not a patron, they'll cost you 30 that is, there is no extra charge for postage and packaging. I'll sort all that out. If you want one and you're overseas, i.e. not in the UK, there may be a bit more for postage and packaging, depending on what the post office tells me, to get one out there. But the print of the logo is sick. It's super yeah, it's sick. Just, anyone, who's, anyone who's ever um, bought our stuff before will attest that the, the 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 finished quality is always really good. So if you want a Caribbean Cricket Podcast sweatshirt, hit me up. They're limited edition. It's not. I haven't got an extensive amount of them uh, to sell. So um, if you first come first serve, and then finally um, we probably will return with an episode looking at the release of the World Cup fixtures. Um, we didn't speak about that in this episode. The release of the World Cup fixtures. Obviously, quite a bit of debate about that. Uh, looks, West Indies are going to Guyana, Trinidad, and what's the other place we're going? Guyana, Trinidad. Was it Saint, Saint Lucia? Lucia? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, do you know what? Okay, I reckon that was deliberate to play pa- Afghanistan in Saint Lucia. It has to be. Yeah, it has, has to be because uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, if we played Afghanistan in Guyana and Trinidad, we might be finished out here. You know. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so we'll we'll try and look at that in a bit more detail as well in terms of the World Cup um, uh, schedule, etc. But as ever as santoki says thank you everyone for for jumping on listening in look out for some more content we're going to do something we're hmm, keeping eyes open we may have barrett Sundaressen uh coming up on the show very very soon ahead of the australia tour so look out for some content on that regard uh as well but as santoki says thank you as ever like share subscribe we've we'll been the caribbean cricket podcast thank you good night